everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel. I am Jeremy Bument, your host, welcoming you to episode 166 of this podcast, podcast all about Doctor Who comics. If you are a fan of Doctor Who comics, that's probably why you downloaded this episode or listening to this podcast. So welcome. Here is what we have on tap for today. We will start out like we always do by checking out the news, see what is new in the world of Doctor Who uh, comics and art. And then we will jump into a couple reviews. This time around, we are going to take a look at Liberation of the Daleks Part 11, which is the newest part of that strip from Doctor Who Magazine, issue number 594. And then, since I just couldn't get enough fill or get a big enough fix of the Golden Emperor Dalek, I am going to go back in time to 1965 and uh, go into the Matrix to check out Plague of Death, the uh, classic Dalek strip from TV Century 21 uh, from back in 1965. Then we will have a really good interview with somebody who I haven't chatted or I haven't had a chance to chat with for quite some time. It's been a couple years since he uh, probably first took over Doctor Who magazine. Uh, it's current or was current at the time of that of this interview, but now he is the outgoing editor of Doctor Who magazine. Marcus Hearn had a chance to uh, chat with me about what has gone on in Doctor Who magazine over the past couple years, uh, what has happened over the past year in particular. Um, since the return of, or return of Russell Davies to the executive chair of Doctor Who in, in way of TV, how the mag- magazine has changed since the the change from uh, Chris Chibnall to Russell T Davies, and what uh, kind of gives us a teaser what to expect for the anniversary uh, coming up here in November, and uh, lots of other stuff. It was great to chat with Marcus. I, I, I love chatting with him. Um, he want. Uh, he let me know after the fact of this interview that he was going to be stepping away as from being editor of Doctor Who magazine, but he made a point of letting me know that uh, he is not going away too terribly far. He is still going to be working on the bookazines, which have been really, really good. Um, I highly recommend those if you haven't been checking out those. Uh, the different eras or the different years in particular have been really good. But he is going to be working on some special projects for Doctor Who magazine and Panini. So uh, it's not the end of Marcus Hearn, but I want to say, uh, Mark, Marcus, I think you've done a great job on the magazine. And um, you've you've made the magazine something really special for us Doctor Who fans. So job well done, sir. And uh, I think you will hear from from this interview with him. Uh, just how much passion he has for Doctor Who and how much work he has put into this magazine. So there's uh, kind of the rundown of what's going on uh, along those lines. I want to thank everybody for downloading this episode. I want to mention that if you want to get this episode without all the uh, bells and whistles, uh, I have set up a Patreon page. And for a $5 a month uh, subscription, you can download the episodes without all the reviews, without the, uh, with just basically kind of the bare bones interview uh, episode. Some people just love listening to the interviews. So if you want to uh, help support the podcast and not listen to me quite so much, uh, jump over to patreon.com slash Dr. Who panel to panel. You can also pitch in for as low as a dollar a month just to say, hey, I love your podcast. Uh, help me keep the lights on. Help me pay the bills of supporting the podcast. Uh, that would be appreciated. 
Uh, also want to mention that I have a website, DrWhoComics.com, where you can go for um, news about Doctor Who, uh, Doctor Who Comics and Animation. You can uh, go there twice a week to read a, a comic strip called The Ten Doctors by Rich Morris, who uh, did an excellent strip back in the David Tennant era uh, involving all the first ten Doctors and a wonderful, fun story every Monday and Thursday. There's a new part of that that is posted and uh, so please check out my website, DrWhoComics.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Doctor Who uh, Panel to Panel. Or you can find me on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P. I guess it's not Twitter anymore, it's X. But uh, you can find me on that platform. Uh, I'm on Instagram at Doctor Who Panel to Panel. And that's enough promotion, I think, for right now. So let's jump into this episode. Let's check out the news. In Doctor Who comedy news for this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel, let's start out like we always do by checking out the calendar. Let's uh, take a look at the month of August. We'll start out with Wednesday, August 2nd, which was a few weeks ago. Or, um, that was when uh, Doctor Who Doomsday Number 2 came out from Titan Comics, the finale or the, the ending to the Doomsday uh, story from them. Also over here in the United States for physical copies of Doctor Who magazine, issue number 589 was released that same day in comic shop. So if you are a collector of the physical magazines, that's where you can find that. Jumping ahead a couple weeks, the next release would have been, of course, this past uh, week on Thursday. Doctor Who magazine issue number 594 came out digitally as well as on the newsstands over in the U.K., I know uh, some people are having trouble finding it or tracking it down at their news agent over there, but by now, by the time you hear this, that should have all been resolved and you should be able to find uh, the new issue wherever you normally get your magazines. Then we are going to jump ahead to the month of September, and um, I believe on September 1st on that Friday is when, from Panini, the Cybermen Complete comic strips, uh, the big collection is coming out. It is a big 350-page tomb of just nothing but Cybermen stories. I am a huge Cybermen fan. I am really looking forward to getting that book. It's not going to be here in the States for a month or two after, but uh, make sure you go out and grab that while you can. And then the only other thing I have on my calendar is on... uh, Thursday, September 14th, that should be the release date for Doctor Who Magazine, issue number 595, which will be the first issue with uh, new editor Jason Quinn taking over as editor of Doctor Who Magazine. Um, that's kind of a lead into the what else is new in the world of Doctor Who comic news. Marcus Hearn revealed just before the release of issue number 594 that he was going to step down as editor of Doctor Who Magazine. But he is not going away. He is uh, staying on to work on the bookazines and some other special projects. He is just kind of handing over the reins of the magazine to Jason Quinn. Jason was somebody who worked, has been working for Panini for quite some time. He has done some editing on the comic strip uh, in Doctor Who magazine. He also was the editor of the Doctor Who Adventures magazine, the uh, magazine for younger readers back in uh, the uh, Peter Capaldi days. So he is not a stranger to Doctor Who. He's been a fan of the show forever and a day. He's been reading the magazine since issue number one, according to his Facebook page. And uh, congratulations, Jason. I look forward to chatting with you sometime in the future once you kind of get settled into your new role and uh, see you, uh, your opinion and your thoughts about what it's like to be editor of Doctor Who magazine. 
About the only other news I can think of that uh, is kind of not really comic-related, but along the same lines, they announced uh, just last week that The Underwater Menace is going to be animated and coming out on DVD just in time for the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Uh, it's, it's great to see that the animations are carrying on. I know Gary Russell was uh, someone who worked on the animations the past couple uh, right before they announced that they weren't going to do any more. But if you go back and listen to the last interview I had with Gary, he mentioned that he was pretty sure that the the uh, last one he worked on was not going to be the, the end to it. He was sure that it was going to continue on, and it looks like he was right, because we are going to have the Underwater Menace coming out just in time for the anniversary, at least for those of you over in the UK. Those of us here in the States will have to wait and see when it shows up. But... That is it for the news as far as I can tell, and let's go on to a couple reviews. It is time once again to open the Pandorica on a new Doctor Who comic strip. This time we are going to take a look at Part 11, the penultimate chapter of Liberation of the Daleks, which is in Doctor Who magazine issue number 594. Of course, the story is written by Alan Barnes with art by Lee Sullivan, Coloring by James O'Freddy, lettering by Roger Langridge, Marcus Hearn is the editor of the strip, and the Daleks were created by Terry Nation. Where we left off last time, uh, Georgie had enlisted the Daleks' help to trap the Doctor and make him turn all of the, the virtual Daleks and virtual Georgie into a real, living, breathing creature. Um, they know they need the doctor's help in order to do this, so they trap him. And uh, they also, uh, Georgie connects with Georgette on the Dalek uh, vacation world, the Dalek Dome, and uses Do- Georgette to take over all the people that are on the in the Dalek Dome. The Golden Emperor Dalek asks, uh, asks the doctor what to do or what they need to do in order to become real uh, creatures. And the doctor says, well, you need a bunch of mathematicians because it's going to take billions and billions and billions of calculations in order to turn all the billions of atoms that are imaginary or fake or not real into real atoms. And that is when the, the golden Dalek reveals that they actually have a moon full of mathematician creatures doing that can do all these computations. Of course, the Daleks have something up their sleeve and are prepared for just such an emergency. But as this goes on and continues, the Daleks then reveal that once they do become real, they are going to do what they always do, which is try to take over the universe and turn everything, all the creatures into Daleks, which kind of gets Georgie to start to think about maybe what she's wanting to do is not such a great thing. Um her becoming real, yes, that is good, but having the Daleks become real, maybe not so much. And that is where it kind of leads into the cliffhanger, which will then become the the next issue and the finale of this story arc. My opinion on this part, it's, it is ramping up to a, a good climax. Um, I think you can kind of, you, I almost kind of felt this was coming and that Georgie's going to start having second thoughts about what she's doing and uh, maybe change her mind about things. But leading up to this, I thought was a, a good story. Great artwork, of course, by Lee Sullivan. And um, it's the story's been really good, although 
to me, it's been a little, I almost feel like I need to go through and give it a, a reread straight through. And I'm really looking forward to the collected edition coming out once it's all said and done, just because I want to read the story straight through. I think reading it from month to month and chapter or part by part, I've, I've kind of lost a bit of the flow. And I think reading it all together will make it flow a little bit better. But I've really enjoyed it. It's been a great story. Um, any story with the Daleks, of course, is a good story. Um, but Alan Barnes has made taken that good and make, made it great. I've enjoyed it. I hope you have as well. One more chapter to go on uh, Liberation of the Daleks. So make sure you grab the latest Doctor Who magazine and check it out. Exterminate! It is time to go into the Matrix like we do on Doctor Who Panel to Panel from time to time. This time around, we are going to continue our journey looking at the classic Dalek comic strip from TV Century 21. And we are up to a uh, seven-page story called Plague of Death. This was in TV Century 21, issues 33 through 39, and they came out back in 1965. Uh, the writers were David Whitaker and Terry Nation, and Richard Jennings, of course, is the artist for these Dalek strips. Uh, if you want to read along with these or read this story, uh, there was an excellent little bookazine called uh, The Daleks that Panini put out a year or so ago that has these strips. You can also kind of find them online if you do some searching around for them, but they're really cool. So, let me start out with the plot synopsis to tell you what the story is about. I am reading from The Comic Strip Companion, an excellent book reference book by Paul Schoons. And here is his plot synopsis. An accident in a Dalek war factory results in a radioactive rust particle cloud being released into Scarrow's atmosphere. The Black Dalek learns that the rust particles have a devastating effect on Dalek casings. Daleks at a monitoring station in the desert are affected by the cloud. The Daleks destroy the station, but the rust particles attack an airborne Dalek patrol. The rust cloud approaches the Dalek city. The brain machine advises the black Dalek to use magnets on the cloud. The cloud is successfully neutralized with electromagnets, but the rust mutates into a plague that attacks Dalek casings. The plague causes widespread panic in the Dalek city. The Emperor Dalek arrives back on Skarl. Studying the remains of a plague victim, the Emperor determines that the Black Dalek is an unwittingly plague carrier. The Black Dalek is hunted through, through the city. Learning that he is the carrier, he attempts to destroy himself through exposure to the plague, but the Emperor decides to save him. The Daleks fail to notice the arrival of an alien spaceship on Skarl. So that is what the strip is about. Basically, just like it says in the title, Plague of Death. Um, I thought the story was interesting because it kind of, like Paul says in his uh, comments about the strip, it kind of turns the tables on the Daleks and actually has something attacking them and them feeling threatened as opposed to them just going out throughout the galaxy and uh, causing havoc and trying to take over the whole universe. Having a, a rust cloud as a, an enemy I thought was an interesting change. I've as it started off, I kind of laughed because it's, to me it seems kind of silly uh, just having this cloud that um, the Daleks accidentally create. It just kind of hovers over the planet and then just randomly drops on something. Um, it's almost like it's, it almost feels like it's a sentient cloud, but it's not. Uh, and I thought it was just interesting to see how the Daleks are scared of this and trying to figure out how to, uh, to overcome it and how to defeat it. 
I thought the use of electromagnets was an interesting way to go about doing that. I have nothing wrong with that. I thought it was really neat. Um, I like how the the rust cloud then becomes a plague that uh, starts attacking the Daleks much the same way that the rust cloud did. So they really didn't defeat it. It just kind of changed. And uh, it's up to the Golden Emperor to come back from his travels to figure out a way to defeat it along with the brain machine. So uh, Richard Jennings' artwork, of course, is stunning, just like it always is. And he, you know, he is, it, it, if you want a master class on how to draw Daleks, in between reading these Dalek strips and reading Liberation of the Daleks, currently in Doctor Who magazine, um, with uh, Lee Sullivan's artwork, though, these two are the guys, your go-to guys for Dalek art, um, at least in my opinion. Um, it's a, it, Plague of Death was a fun strip, um, you know, back in 1965, if I was a kid reading this in TV Century 21, I know I would be uh, really impressed and excited and wanting to see what happens from week to week and only getting a page at a time. So uh, it's a good strip. If you haven't had a chance to read it or any of these classic Dalek strips, I highly recommend the bookazine The Daleks from Panini to uh, check these out. You will be deleted. Today on Doctor Who Panel Panel, I have the extreme pleasure of welcoming back the editor of Doctor Who magazine, Marcus Hearn. Marcus, thank you for joining me today. Hi, Jeremy. It's lovely to be on air with you again. Uh, it's great to, to chat with you again. It's been a little while. Um, well, let's get right into it. Um, how are things going with Doctor Who magazine now? I know you're uh, hard at work or have been hard at work getting ready for the anniversary specials. Uh, how crazy has it been? Um, well, I mean, things have changed an awful lot since we last spoke. Um, when did we last speak? Remind me. Um, it's been probably a, a couple of years. I, I know it was somewhere in the middle, probably of the Chibnall era. Good grief. Wow. Well, <laughs> it's, it's been a while. <laughs> things in the world of Doctor Who have changed a lot. And <laughs> Doctor Who magazine have changed a lot. And uh-huh. uh, um, we loved working with Chris and uh, we we're loving working with Russell as well. The magazine has changed a lot. As you've probably noticed, oh, well. most most definitely. I, you know, I, I, my, when you, when the the Chibnall era ended and we went into the Davies era, uh, I, I, the the change over in the magazine seemed just uh, night and day to me. Yes, yeah. I, mean, I guess it may have seemed quite sudden, but we've been talking to Russell for a while before that happened, <clears throat> and so when the big transformation came, which I guess was last November, I mm-hmm. think a long time sort of batting ideas backwards and forwards and russell was um <clears throat> very clear about what he wanted he doesn't always tell you exactly how he wants you to do something but he tells you about the direction he'd, he'd like something to go into okay uh, and then you come back to him with ideas and um yeah and i think it's um i think it's been fantastic it was it's it's so exciting working with him and uh, i think the effect on the magazine has been um very positive yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, so when when he came to you, uh, what did he say he was looking for in the magazine? Well, um, there were a couple of things. I think the most important thing was that um, he wanted the magazine to uh, very closely align with developments um, and progress on the television series, mm-hmm. uh, which, of course, is, you know, obviously what you'd love to hear as an editor uh, yeah. and, a, and a licensee. Um, However, of course, when we had these conversations, we were still some way away from, we were some, some way off from the television series, um, uh, his iteration of the television series actually beginning. Um, we're still several months away from that now. And so um, 
Yes, absolutely. Of course, we wanted to be uh, more in sync with the two of the television series. And so yeah. the conversations we have are on the lines of, well, how can we do that when the show's not actually on the air yet? And um, and the greatest gift that he gave us um, was, of course, the comic strip. Yeah, because, most definitely. Because we'd seen the, 14, we'd seen the 14th Doctor at the end of The Power of the Doctor. And, um, and he said, well, I'm going to give you the 14th Doctor. You can continue the 14th Doctor's story until... He's on television, which was just, you know, absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. What a what a privilege. <clears throat> because the Doctor Who magazine strip has been around well, in the various forms that Doctor Who magazine has existed since nineteen seventy-nine. And of course yeah. there was there's always been a strip, as you know, before that, going back to nineteen sixty-four. But um it's always existed in a kind of parallel universe from the actual show itself mm-hmm. usually contains um, features the same. Obviously, the Doctor contains sometimes the same characters as well, but it's never quite been um, well. It's never been in lockstep, as it were, with the television series, right? Until now, um, until Russell suggested that we could actually bridge the gap between the power of the Doctor and the first ever 60th anniversary specials. And that was um, that was completely his idea. So I think that of all the things we discussed, obviously we talked about, you know, bringing his column back, which is mm-hmm. what we do. Yeah. Uh, we changed the title, but it's um, it's it's still his column because um, it used to be called Production Notes, but we changed the title to Letter from the Showrunner because he also suggested that we have another column, um, which is Scott Hancock's Production Diary, Sure. You want two columns that have got the word production in the title. Um, and so I suggested to Russell that uh, we could call his column Letter from the Showrunner because, you know, in my mind, that kind of that harks back to um, <clears throat> um, the the Des Skin, Paul Neary days of Doctor mm-hmm. Who when there used to be a letter from the Doctor. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> and uh, readers with very long memories. May, uh, may have <laughs> that, the, that the that the illustration of Russell that we of the illustrations of Russell that we've commissioned from Martin Garrity um, kind of uh, echo the illustration of the Doctor, yeah, um, which is here on the fourth Doctor's letter from the Doctor back in Doctor Who Weekly. Except I think back in those days he was writing with a quill. Now Russell's typing with a laptop. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of change in technology there. Yeah, exactly. Just to update. <laughs> and there have been various other things, and there there will be more to come, as you'll see. But I I do think it's safe to say that the most important um, innovation was Russell's suggestion that we actually um, align the strip with the show's continuity. Um, Back on my first stint on the magazine staff many moons ago, there were efforts um, by uh, Gary Russell, the editor, and Peter Darville Evans, the editor at Virgin Publishing, the editor who looked after the Doctor Who and New Adventures, to uh-huh. to line the strip with um, with Virgin Publishing's New Adventures books uh, because. Um, although I wasn't involved in that decision, I guess the perception at the time was that the, the, the New Adventures books were were providing the official continuity. Yeah. So, um, 
And um, <clears throat> so that was a thing. That was a thing that happened, I think, in the early 90s, at least for a while. Um, but uh, as I said before, the strip's never been aligned with the actual continuity of the actual TV series until now. And so I think of all the things we discussed, that was the uh, that was the most exciting. Yeah, I I, I could uh, totally appreciate that. Did you have a lot of uh, uh, readership uh, that spoke out and said, you know, it's great to see that that the comic strip is part of continuity now, at least for this story? Uh, people are very intrigued, and uh, I think that we've had um, <clears throat> a huge. We've had a huge amount of feedback. I mean, the strips had some tough times. I think we mentioned during our last discussion that we had some tough times during uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, obviously everybody had a tough time during the pandemic, and you know, one of the um, <clears throat> one of the one of the particular sort of work related struggles that we had was just keeping the magazine going on its regular schedule because many magazines. Couldn't I remember we talked about that last time? Yeah, yeah, yep, we sure did. Had to um, fall by the wayside, at least temporarily, was the strip because it is um, one of the um, <clears throat> most complex and um, most um, uh, budget munching <laughs> elements <laughs> of the magazine, and so we had to rest it occasionally. And we 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 tried some text stories for a while, which I think worked really well. But um, I think that um, the strip um, has seen some tough times in the last few years because of um, because of what everybody had to go through, etc. And I think that this suggestion from Russell was a real was a real shot in the arm for the strip and for the magazine. And the uh, the, um, the the feedback we're getting has been um, has been incredible. I mean, yeah. it's really I think it's really elevated the strip. I mean, I think when the magazine started back in 1979, I think Deskin. Uh, Deskin's uh, conception of the magazine really saw the strip as first and foremost, mm -hmm. I think. And I think under subsequent editors, um, Paul Neary, I think, so on when the magazine went monthly, I think the strip <clears throat> um, has always been part of the magazine's DNA. Uh, the magazine's rather eccentric DNA. Um, but the strip um, has taken second place, I think, to the feature content. Yeah, for many years and for many years, and this is completely this 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 decision of Russell's has uh, has completely reversed that. I think has um, has has put the strip right back up top. I think. Um, yeah, I I would totally I totally agree with you, and uh, I think it's interesting how uh, when Russell came back to the show and uh, seeing the importance of the the comic strip as being part of continuity and putting the Fourteenth Doctor in there. I think not only that shows uh, kind of in Russell's eyes how important the strip is, but also taking, you know, one of the anniversary specials coming up. The first one coming up is the Star Beast, which yes. is taking the, the talking about the Death Skin era, taking, you know, the, the comic strip from back then and kind of doing a, a TV version of it. I think that also kind of shows how important the comic strip is, at least to to Russell Davies is, uh, you know, the how much that means to the history of Doctor Who. Yes, absolutely. And it's also been very useful um, for me as the editor because um, <clears throat> uh, Russell wants to align the magazine as closely as possible with the TV series, which is, of course, something we want to do as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I said earlier, because when this, when this decision was made, we were still a long way off from the new David Tennant episodes mm -hmm. and the strip. Uh, 
and the uh, popularity of the strip and the prominence of this strip allows me to do things like as we did at Christmas to actually put liberation of the Daleks on the front cover yeah because the challenges I had at Christmas was that there was no festive episode there was no Christmas or New Year episode um and so throughout my um editorship of the magazine um there's always been a big seasonal episode to forefront yeah. uh-huh. it wasn't this year and so we sat around and, and thought well, what can we do you know and i thought no we actually have new doctor who we have new doctor who within the magazine within the strip liberation of the daleks is our cover story and so i was able to put the comic strip on the cover of the magazine as the cover story for the first time since well Goodness knows when. I mean, you <laughs> know better than I do. The last time this actually happened, um, I'm guessing it was probably during John Freeman's era. I'm thinking probably, probably, probably. I, you know, you you've stumped you've stumped me on that one, but that that sounds probably about right because yeah, that would be people listening who will know. But I was <laughs> probably around uh, 1990, around then. I think probably was the last time that happened, mm-hmm. which is a, which is a long time, isn't it? It's a yeah, long years. But um, and we did it in a rather different way because I think when John did it, I think he commissioned Lee Sullivan, of, about whom I'm sure we'll be talking about very soon, mm-hmm. um, uh, to create the cover uh, image for it. And um, uh, I was slightly wary of actually commissioning um, comic strip artwork for the front cover of the magazine because. Despite everything I've said, you know we are we we are primarily a magazine more than a comic strip, and there are other comic strip licensees out there, of course. Yeah. And so, well, the answer to do it is to create some um, computer-generated art, which is what we did. Um, yeah. The Dalek Attack from Liberation of the Daleks, and so uh-huh. and so having the um, having the um, the comic strip so prominent. And and accepted as readers as a very prominent part of the magazine enables me to forefront the new series, even uh, at a time when we weren't really bringing feature material, prominent feature material about the new series online in the magazine, because it was yeah. far too easy to do that, and we didn't have the material anyway. And so the strip's been, um, aside from a fantastic boost for the magazine, um, it's also been very useful. From that point of view as well, mm-hmm. yeah, and we couldn't, we couldn't have done that if um, if it hadn't been received so well. Yeah, um, you know, I I think the strip's been been really good, and uh, uh, it's it's the first thing I always read when I open up. You know, you go to my new Doctor Who magazine. Um, what was with Russell coming up and saying, "Let's do a fourteenth Doctor strip." Was it him and and Alan that came up with the idea for the story, and or how well, did he, that just kind of yeah, come about? Yeah, as I said, uh, he he said that he, he gave us this opportunity, and um, I think he said the original stipulation was that he didn't he wasn't prescriptive about a story or anything like that. He wanted us to come back to him with the story. He just he just okay. Russell, Russell lit Russell lit a fire under the idea <laughs> in the first place. And then he threw it over to us and said, what are you going to do? What do you want to do? Uh-huh. His only stipulation was that we uh, had to set the story within an hour of real time. 
in the newly regenerated doctor's life. Sure. Um, that was his original stipulation, but he didn't, um, <clears throat> he then, um, he wanted to hear ideas, he wanted to see stories, he wanted to see suggestions about writers and artists, so I gave it very careful thought, and uh, I drew up a short list of writers and um, uh, a short list of artists, and um, I then had the discussions with, with Russell and with Scott Hancock, the Doctor Who script editor, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, it went from there, really, but... Um, I was very glad that uh, Russell was happy with Alan Barnes as the writer and Lee Sullivan as the artist. Um, there were other people you know, on the list, and some of them we may bring in down the line, you know, but I think yeah. that uh, um, he was um, he was pleased. Let's talk about Alan, first of all. He was pleased about Alan, first of all, because I think that um, when Russell said that... Um, he wanted the strip to last for a year and that he wanted to fill just a, an hour of the doctor's life. <clears throat> My um, um, excitement about the idea sort of quite soon sort of turned to sort of anxiety because I thought, well, <laughs> so I mean, I, you know, I, I, I came back to him and said, um, but this will, this will be the longest strip in the magazine's history. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you just said, uh, you just said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I, I said, how, how can, if it's just an hour, it's not going to be quite difficult for us to sustain a story over that length of time. That's just an hour. And, uh, and he quite yeah. rightly, quite rightly, um, uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he just basically told me to go away and make it work. And uh-huh. he was quite to do that. And I remember he said to me, um, I said, it's going to be very difficult. And he said, no nonsense, he said. Think think Charles Dickens. Think Flash Gordon. Think cliffhangers. Uh-huh. And he was absolutely right, of course. And so I think that um, Alan was uh, a perfect choice, really, for a number of reasons. Um, but one of the principal ones was that he'd written The, the Infinite Quest for Russell. Sure. Was years ago, which, of course, was... Um, uh multi-episodes cliffhangers you know all over the place yeah you know? yeah and, uh, and so um as soon as uh, as soon as i mentioned um alan's name to russell he was like yes absolutely the infinite quest because he remembered it uh-huh and um and he, he you know he was um <clears throat> and he, we were talked about cliffhangers and about how about how well alan had handled the infinite quest quite aside from his pedigree as a comic strip writer and editor and so um, he was very, very pleased um, with Alan, and um, and then we had to um, think about uh, a choice of artists. I mean, I I can't remember who said to Russell and Scott early on, "Can we have Daleks?" I think it was me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Russell was very enthusiastic about it. Oh, yeah, I love Daleks. He said, I "Love Daleks." And of course, you know, when it comes to Daleks, <clears throat> I think that. Uh, Really, the Doctor Who magazine, the, the Doctor Who magazine Dalek strips are so closely associated associated with Lee Sullivan's work. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And he's the only guy that can do Daleks. But I mean, I think you know when we think Doctor Who magazine strip and Daleks, all of us who've been reading the magazine for a long time think about Lee Sullivan. 
and uh and russell himself said well it's got to be lee isn't it if it's daleks it's got to be <laughs> you know and so that's how those names were selected from the shortlists that mm -hmm. i said with um with russell and scott um but um i mean alan i don't think had written the dwm comic strip since i think this is the first dwm comic strip he'd done since 2007 yeah it was quite some time wasn't it for him to get back into the swing of things yeah <clears throat> and um and lee i mean i'd worked with lee on other things over the years i'd worked with lee on some um uh collections of um comic strips based on the super mario nation series oh sure and uh they've done some cover illustrations from for me for those i'm not sure when that was that must have been probably 15 years ago if not more mm -hmm. and then when i came back to doctor who magazine in 2012 i think it was editing the um originally by editing the bookazines um the first bookazine that we worked on was um uh, about Daleks and was done for the 50th anniversary and there was a an article in there about Terry Nation's original draft of the first Dalek story which I think was called The Survivors and um and one of the challenges in that magazine was to illustrate an article about The Survivors when of course there were no stills yeah you know, because the article was really focusing on the differences between the survivors, his original draft, and uh, the mutants, the aka the Daleks story that was ultimately transmitted. Mm -hmm. So uh, I said to the editorial director at the time, uh, "I'm going to need a budget to illustrate this," and um, and um, because I myself have been away from Doctor Who magazine for quite some time, I thought, "Well, if it's Daleks, it's got to be Lee." And so um, I, I, had, I worked with Lee on the on the Jerry Anderson stuff. Um, it was a, a Thunderbirds illustration that he'd done for me, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and he uh, I remember calling him up and asking him to do this, and he, he delivered a fantastic illustration for the Daleks bookazine in 2012. I think mean, it came out in 2013, which ran across a double page spread. And um, after he delivered it, and we had a chat about it, and he said to me, um, said to me, do you know this is the first um, this is the first uh illustration i provided for doctor who magazine since well for about 10 years uh-huh and i said uh i said really like that because i've been a bit out of the loop myself and um and he was yeah it's been about it's been about 10 maybe 11 years and i was i was really surprised that he hadn't worked on the magazine for so long um i'm not sure why he hadn't worked on the magazine for so long um but then um uh as of i think it was last year when i started editing um the doctor Who magazine strip myself i mean i've been involved with it before but when i actually took on sort of the sole editorship of the doctor Who magazine strip um i thought back to that conversation i thought well hang on we had that we had that chat with lee back in 2012 we're now 10 years on from that so it must be <laughs> It must be 20 years, incredibly, since he did um, uh, a DWM strip. And, um, I mean, this is, uh, we, we, you know, we need to get this guy back. Yeah, definitely. He's one of the great Doctor Who magazine 
artists. And um, <clears throat> and so um, I called Lee about this, and um, <clears throat> I mentioned that we had a short list because we were going to present Russell with a short list of writers and artists. And you know, would you mind if I added his name to it? And um, and he said, yeah. He, he said he'd, he'd love to come back. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it'd been so long that I don't think he even thought that maybe he would illustrate another Doctor Who magazine strip. But uh, I'm glad to say that he was happy for me to put his name on the list. And I'm glad to say that um, Russell said, look, for his Daleks, has got to be Lee. And so Lee Sullivan's back. And so we've um, we've got uh, we've got Alan for the first time since writing a strip for the first time since, what, 2007. We've got Lee illustrating a strip for the first time since, I think, 2001 or 2002. Mm-hmm. And, um, James Afridi, who's been with the strip for a long time, is doing the colouring and doing some fantastic work. And, of course, Roger Langridge doing the letters. He's been around for a very long time. Yep. Um, well, dare I say it, I think it's an absolute it's an absolute dream team, really. I think the work they're doing is outstanding. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. I, it's I it's like getting the band back together after all these years. <laughs> Yeah, basically, I, I just, I just, I just get so so excited when the pencils come in <laughs> and the inks because it's just, you know, it's just, it's awe inspiring stuff. I think it's, it's it's wonderful what they're doing, and I, I'm really happy that people have responded to it so positively. Yeah, it's it's been really good, and uh, we're kind of in the home stretch of the of the story too. There's not too much uh, more to go. Um, can you give us a teaser or anything as to what to possibly expect uh, once? Liberation of the the Daleks wraps up. Well, we've got a little way to go on Liberation of the Daleks, and um, uh, as we discussed with um, Russell at the beginning, we're going to we we dovetailed with the power of the Doctor, mm-hmm. which is kind of tricky, as I remember, because I think Lee uh, Lee's doing the inks as well as the pencils, because that's how he likes to work. Yeah, uh, yeah which is great because the results are fantastic. And uh, I remember we did episode one. We had to um, we had to deliver the inks before Power of the Doctor had been broadcast, and so I remember he did episode one, and we had to leave certainly the first panel of page one um, empty because mm-hmm. although we'd seen, I'm trying to think back now, although I'd seen a preview, I've been to a screening of the Power of the Doctor. But um, as is often the way when you receive, um, when you're lucky enough to get previews of generation episodes, um, you don't get to see the end. Yeah. <laughs> Preview screening kind of stops uh-huh. 30 seconds before the end. And so I didn't know how uh, exactly how Power of the Doctor was going to finish, or exactly what it was going to look like when it finished. And so we had to leave that um, that panel that panel empty. But you know, we we eventually sorted that out with the BBC, and sure. we got uh, and we got um, uh, and we were able to match the first panel of Paradox, which is done right at the, uh, the the first panel of the first episode of Liberation of the Daleks. We were able to match it precisely to what we'd seen on screen, mm-hmm. of the Doctor, with the BBC's help. But that was kind of dropped in very last minute. Very, very last minute. And so, um, and so, the idea is that we dovetail with End of Power of the Doctor, and we will. Although we haven't come to this yet, um, the the uh, the idea is that we will dovetail with the beginning of the episode, which we now know is going to be the Star Beast. Okay, yeah. Um, I, I'm. Ju- I guess one other question I have is: It's been great that this uh, the liberation of the Daleks has been a 
uh, in canon tie-in to the TV show. Um, is there any chance we're going to be tre- get a treat of having that maybe possibly continue on? I'm guessing probably not. This might be a one-time only thing, um, but I'm, I'm going to ask anyway. Well, um, I think that it's safe to say that, as you said, Russell takes a very close interest <clears throat> in the strip. And uh, we're talking to Russell. Well, we're going to talk to Russell about what's coming next because liberation is um, is, is nearing its conclusion. Mm-hmm. So we're going to think very carefully about that dovetailing at the end. I'm going to think very carefully about what happens next. Sure. And so, well, I'd be very happy if we can maintain our very close links with um, with the TV series. Yeah, that would be great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm like I said, the, the comic strip is always something I always go to right away when I get the, the new issue of Doctor Who magazine. But the the articles and stuff that you've been doing all uh, as production has been going on uh, have to, to me have been really great and informative and giving a really good job of teasing what we're going to be seeing uh, here for the anniversary of the show. Are, is there anything special? Uh, that Doctor Who magazine is going to do to to help commemorate the the 60th anniversary of the show. Yes, uh, we're going to be doing a special 60th anniversary publication, which we're working on at the moment. <clears throat> and um, I can promise you, it won't be anything like any <laughs> any issue of Doctor Who magazine you've ever seen before. It's uh, it's going to be quite different. And we spent a long time. We started working on the ideas for it um, last year, in fact. Last okay. December. And uh, that's going to go into production soon. And so that's a fantastic thing. Um, we've, um, again, with Russell's, with Russell's help and encouragement, we've had, um, we've had writers on set of the TV show for quite mm-hmm. some time now. Yeah. Um, and so we've been gathering an awful lot of material, um, which we've kind of banked. You know, some of it has appeared. But um, obviously, uh, we have to take our lead from the BBC about how they want their, um, how they want the publicity and their marketing for the show to unfold in the months leading up to it. Sure. And we're, we're, we're very happy to fit in with their plans. And so you'll have seen some stuff already. We've, you know, we had a, we've got a fantastic um, interview with um, David Tennant and Catherine Tate, conducted by Emily Cook. Mm-hmm. You. And there's, uh, there's lots more of that stuff to come because we've um again with russell's help and encouragement we've had people on the set throughout and so um our, our coverage of the new episodes is going to be uh, extensive and um and the magazine is is, is is as you probably noticed it's already shifting towards being um more and more current and more connected to the series than it certainly ever has been while i've been the editor yeah and that's only going to grow and continue over the coming months well, that's awesome. That's great to hear. Uh, it's, I think Doctor Who magazine, um, as, as time has gone on, it's it's still kind of is the the leader in uh, a publication that is based on a a media property that um, has been going on for so long. But but DWM is also kind of the leader in doing the best of covering that. Um, I don't think there's any other. Uh, like TV or movie publication out there that that can match what what uh, what you and your crew do to to cover the the show that you are doing this magazine for. Well, that's that's, that's very kind of you to say that. I mean, we work very hard, and but, but it's, it's lovely to it's lovely to say that. It's um, 
we're, we're aware, of course, that there's an enormous amount of stuff out there on the internet, and that there is an awful lot of Doctor Who that you can access for free, mm-hmm. just at, at, at the click of a button. But um, I hope that we can continue to provide the sort of depth of coverage that you won't see anywhere else and the kind of insight that you won't see anywhere else. And uh, I keep coming back to Russell here, but, um, you know, Russell's great, um, um, uh, is a great advocate for the magazine and uh, the access that he's given us since he's returned um, has enabled to, has has enabled us to do that and enabled us to do even more Mm -hmm. in the coming months. And the comic strip is just a part of that. Um, but uh, the editorial we've got coming up is just fantastic, and I'm, I'm so excited for people to see it. No, oh, that's awesome. Um, when, when, uh, a couple questions I have for you, kind of peripheral to the magazine. Um, you got a couple really good collections that I'm looking forward to coming out. Um, the the Cybermen uh, Ultimate Collection that yes. is coming out, uh, and also the Fourth Doctor Anthology. Um, yes. I, I was wondering what what was going to happen as far as with the star beast coming out on, on for the anniversary on TV, um, how we were going to get a, 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 re, a reprint of the actual comic edition. And so um, what was the, the thought process with doing the fourth doctor anthology? Well, I'm going to say straight away, that's not a project I was involved in okay. but, <clears throat> because I don't handle the comic collections, but um, sure. yeah, Star is obviously going to be part of that. Um. But, um, I mean, it was something that was inevitable, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I would think so, anyway. <laughs> I think, uh, think that would have, have been something seriously wrong at Panini Tower. <laughs> if, I, if, if that idea hadn't occurred to somebody there. Uh-huh. But, uh, yeah, so Star, Star Beast will be appearing as as part of that, yes. And um, and, uh, and we'll be hearing from, um, from Dave Gibbons and from Pat Mills. Um, within the pages of DWM itself. Oh, that's often, good. You know, because um, because of their connection with the whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, the, the, I'm looking forward to these collections coming out. Me, I'm, I'm a big Cyberman fan, more so than the Daleks probably, so seeing a lot of these uh, backup strips that uh, haven't been reprinted before, I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, so... Yeah. I mean, I guess it goes all the way back to... Um, Croton, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And uh, the the cover that they are that they're going to have for the the uh, the collection, I think, is just amazing. It's just I was oh, stared yeah. at that for a half hour, just looking at how beautiful it was. Yeah, again, I can't claim any credit for that at all. <laughs> I, I thought I thought it was amazing as well. Uh, but one of my all time favorite Doctor Who magazine comic strips is the Flood. Yeah, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And um, yeah. Wants to have that as part of a comic collection. Brilliant, brilliant. I love that strip. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you know, the I'm looking forward to seeing what Doctor Who magazine has coming up uh, for the anniversary special. And also, speaking of anniversaries, uh, issue number five ninety four is going to be the next issue coming out in a couple weeks time. But that's only six issues away from big issue six hundred. And yeah, uh, that's a milestone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I know uh, how amazing the 500th issue was. Um, what are you going to try to do to top that? 500 was a bumper issue, wasn't it? And it I sure was. <laughs> we also did quite a package for the um, for the 40th anniversary issue as well. Uh huh. 
Yes, we have uh, we have ideas for the 600th issue, and um, I hope we can read a package something very special in there as well. But uh, I'm afraid uh, uh, to quote uh, John Nathan Turner, you just have to stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. That's, that's still uh, you know, six it's issues away. Thing. It's a wonderful thing, and also the, the 600th issue will come will be published at the beginning of February, I think, and that will be that will be in a period just after. The um, Christmas episode has been broadcast, mm-hmm. and so um, you know I think that uh, obviously the world of Doctor Who is going to go crazy um, for the 60th anniversary, the return of David Tennant, etc. Yeah, and then you know, a festive, um, a festive episode, um, and then there'll be this, uh, there'll be this pause afterwards where we can all sort of you know uh, um, uh, take a breath. Uh, I think that uh, issue six hundred will appear will appear during that period. So, I think it's a great time. It will give us, uh, I hope, a great a great spike of interest. Sure. Uh, I'm I'm sure it will. After the TV episodes have been broadcast, but uh, yeah, yeah, we have an idea for that, and um, and we're aware that uh, it's it's quite a milestone, and it's something that we have to do properly. Yeah. And um, yeah, but uh, we're going to put together, a, a, I hope, a fantastic package for that. Uh, I'm I'm wouldn't expect anything less from you and your crew. Uh, one last question I have for you. Uh, right now, it's kind of the calm before the storm. That is the the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. Not to mention um, whatever Russell Davies and company have in way of the new series and all the rumors we've heard about spinoff series and what's going to be showing up on Disney Plus and stuff. Um, yeah. As the the editor of Doctor Who magazine. Um, what you've done since Russell has come back kind of leading up to this has been amazing, but with the possibility of how popular Dr. Who could once again become once the anniversary hits and uh, the, the new series starts next year and it's back amongst the zeitgeist of, of fans worldwide. Again, people that may have lapsed from, you know, the, the previous regime till now with the, so much of a, a space with nothing really new on the the airwaves to see. Um, do you have any kind of apprehension or or fear as to how big uh, your your task or your job is going to be to keep up with all of this? Um, well, we've been preparing again. With uh, I keep coming back to this with Russell's help. I mean, this is a sort of conversation. These are the conversations we've been having since Russell with Russell since since day one uh and so we've been working on this since last year that's why as i said we've been banking material with sure. his help um and there was a whole thing with the strip and the editorial as well i mean yeah obviously we all hope the doctor is going to be absolutely massive and we all remember um how big it was during his first administration as you might call it yeah and, um, i mean wouldn't it be great if doctor who was that big again and it's it's um it's going to have a, a global audience um of of the kind it's probably never had before mm-hmm. thanks to disney plus yeah um however an awful lot has changed an awful lot's changed in the world of television since 2005 and a lot's changed in the world of publishing since 2005 and i think you know the world of publishing is <clears throat> um a much more challenging environment than it was um even five years ago, let alone back in 2005. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, yes, I, I don't doubt that um, that uh, 
the Doctor Who is 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 heading for a major revitalization and I think a huge renaissance. The magazine, I think, dare I say it, has already enjoyed um uh quite a renaissance and um it's already enjoyed um a boost in popularity as well. Um despite the fact that um unfortunately because of the way things are we've had to put the price up. Mm -hmm. But um it doesn't seem to have dented people's enthusiasm for the magazine. I'm very relieved to say. People have stayed loyal to us, which I'm very thankful for. And um, and uh, I, I hope, as I said earlier, that we can compete with all the free stuff that's going to be out there just by just pro by providing a depth of coverage and the kind of access that you're just not going to find anywhere else. Yeah. And, you know, I can come back to the comic strip. Um I think that's that's a great example of that actually, because you know, since we last spoke, the comic strip has assumed a far greater importance to the magazine than it had before. Um, to the extent that it's the only place where you can actually read the Fourteenth Doctor's Adventures. Yeah. you can follow the Doctor's Adventures until until the TV episodes begin. Yeah, and um, I think that uh, Russell's decision to help us there really has placed the magazine, I hope, in 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 the vanguard. Of the merchandise that will be created to tie in mm -hmm. with these new, and so yeah, it's um, it's uh, it kind of feels like new new territory, I think, but I hope that the magazine will continue to occupy a very important place in that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm sure it will, especially with uh, with Russell Davies backing you up and uh, like you like you said, providing you the 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 access and the behind the scenes uh ability to to bring all that kind of stuff to the fans um and dwm is the the best place to find that stuff and in a lot of cases the only place to find that stuff so uh mm -hmm. the the magazine is providing a for those of us fans who like hearing about the behind the scenes and and hearing about what's you know the teasers of what's going to be coming up and how things are being made and stuff uh it, to me it's essential reading it's something that I eagerly look forward to it uh, being released and uh, being able to download onto my iPad and devour from uh, issue to issue. Oh, well, thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad that people have stayed loyal to us because we've had some tricky times, as we discussed during our last conversation. Everyone had tricky times during the pandemic, you know. The yeah. fact that through that and the magazine has grown and evolved um, I mean, who could have who could have predicted the last time we spoke that the comic strip in particular would once again be spoken about as arguably the the most important, the most anticipated element of the magazine? Exactly. I couldn't predict that, but I couldn't be happier about it. Well, me too. As a longtime Doctor Who comic fan, you know, having the the I remember seeing the the tease on the the cover of the kind of the new version of Doctor Who magazine and that having the comic strip mentioned on the cover uh, was big news to me. That showed to me in it in you know, how important it is, it is going forward from this point. So uh, it was, it, it definitely made me put a big old grin on my face. Mm. Yeah. And I think that um, even though the comic strip represents the ongoing story of Doctor Who, at least until, the episodes are back on television. Um, I love the way we've been able to incorporate some nods to the past. Mm -hmm. um, probably seen the, the TV 21 
influence. Oh, oh, oh definitely. <laughs> That's the thing about the thing about Lee is that he's so good at drawing Daleks um, that he's actually able to uh, not only um, uh, pay homage to the way that other people drew Daleks, notably Ron Turner. Uh huh. But he's also able to sort of draw Daleks that aren't quite correct as well, and do that for point Daleks. We had a long discussion about this about what they should look like. Uh huh. And we decided they should look like slightly sort of not right Daleks. The proportions should be slightly wrong, which is consistently wrong. And uh, and we decided they should look like the um, the uh, the plastic Daleks that you could be able to get in, in Woolworths in the nineteen sixties. Sure. He did it perfectly. <laughs> not only can Lee, you know, draw perfect Lee Daleks, he can draw perfect Ron Turner Daleks, and perfect Gone Wrong Daleks, and they even look like Daleks. Uh huh. I mean, there's 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 no limit to that man's talents. Oh, I I know the the last issue that came out, I was uh, overjoyed to see the Pentaray in the Dalek Museum because oh. not too long ago I did a review of that very strip from TV Twenty One. Wow. Well, you are. You say, well, there's something that there's something of the Dalek scholars everywhere, isn't there? Uh huh. Yep, definitely. Yeah. 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 You know, even even those of us who love those those strips from so many years ago, you know, it's uh, wonderful stuff. Oh, definitely. And Doctor Who magazine is wonderful stuff as well. And uh, Marcus, I know you're a busy gentleman. I know you got a new issue of Doctor Who magazine that you're hard at work on. And uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with me and. Uh, Kind of get a, me and my listeners up to speed as to what's going on in the workings of Doctor Who magazine and Panini. Well, thank you for the kind words. It's always lovely to talk to you. Many thanks to outgoing editor Marcus Hearn for chatting with me, taking time out of a really busy schedule. Uh, he was chatting with me the night that uh, he was finishing up the editing of the new issue of Doctor Who magazine before it went to press. Uh, so he uh, was nice enough to spend some time chatting with me and let me know what was going on with the magazine and uh, best wishes to him uh, I look forward to seeing him working on the bookazines and I know uh, he's done an awesome job as editor so uh, thanks once again Marcus and thank all of you out there who have downloaded this episode and have listened to it and I really appreciate you taking time to uh, listen to this podcast and find out more about Dr. Who Comics I know a lot of people really love the interviews and uh, hearing what people have worked on the comic strip or on the magazine, um, how they got into Doctor Who, what it's like working on a, a project like this. So I hope you enjoyed the interview with Marcus. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to get caught up on previous episodes, if this is your very first episode, you can always go on your podcast feed and get back episodes, older episodes. Any of them with interviews on there are always good to listen to. You know, I enjoy chatting with the people, so I'm assuming that you enjoy listening to me chat with the people. Uh, but if you want to go all the way back to the beginning, make sure you check out archive.org and do a search for Jeremy B. Ment or Doctor Who Panel to Panel. And you can find all the previous episodes. It's easy to, to download MP3 files. And I think that's enough self selfless promotion on my part. So until the next episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel, thank you for listening and goodbye. 
Doctor Who Panel to Panel, the podcast about Doctor Who comics, thanks you for downloading this episode. Let us know what you thought about this episode or of Doctor Who comics in general. You can find us socially on Facebook at Doctor Who Panel to Panel, on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P, 2 being the number 2, and online at DoctorWhoComics.com. Download previous episodes via your favorite podcast service and find the complete catalog of episodes featuring amazing interviews with creators past and present at archive.org. Just search for Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Thank you.